And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Bastard Security. You're not getting in, no matter how hard you try. Previously on Cautious Optimism. You sound like the mysterious man in the hat. At the Crooked Comet, there is a slimy, gelatinous goo thing. Mounted to the walls and on display throughout the area are bizarre artifacts. There is a large fish with a horse's head attached to the fish's body. There's a tiny dollhouse with a three-inch tall, looks almost like a human. This thing is labeled the tiniest sentient species in the galaxy and its tiny house. Hi, Hank. I'm Sword. If you have a shipment of valuable things, I would like to buy that from you. Hello, cautious optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous... Mm, what are you hauling? Goo... thing? Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. You guys were just getting into your rooms in your hotel, and I believe a uh, question had been posed by Hank as to whether uh, Rory or Rico wanted to spend the night with him. Yeah, Hank's about to get himself clawed. Yeah. <laughs> I shut the door in between the two rooms, connecting the two rooms. <laughs> just shut up. So is there anything you guys want to do now that you're in your rooms? I mean, you can. I, this might be the first time in the whole podcast that your characters have gone to the bathroom, if that's something you want to do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, this is Star Trek. We don't talk about that. <laughs> but is there, what, what do you want to do next? I think you've got an appointment at midnight with the gelatinous blob guy. Until then, I think you have a few hours before then. So how do you want to spend your time? Well, I think we should talk about the phone call or the call with the Toft that we don't believe is Toft. And I do think, and although Kyan tries to be the goody two-shoes of the group because he just really can't afford to get into trouble, he does think that checking out, in four sets of quotation marks, the (laughs) mysterious man's bedroom might not be a bad idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, who do we know who can pick a lock? Or who can who can hack over there? Because we know this room is locked. 
Are these like are they going to be locked with like physical locks, or was it kind of a computer based system? It's a it's a computer based system. I mean, it's a physical lock that like deadbolts the door, but it's controlled by a computer terminal that scans your you know your room card or whatever. Okay, I mean, we could do the old trick of you know dressing one of us like room service and putting the rest of us under a cart and getting us in there. But. <laughs> I don't know that that would work for Kyan. <laughs> he would be a little hard pressed to fit into a cart. Can he make the shape of a cart and we all just hide under him? <laughs> Very possibly. <laughs> did we establish whether the man in the hat is currently in his room? I don't think we did. We had a conversation with the guy downstairs and I can't remember whether. I thought he said he was out at the time. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I thought we asked I thought he to- said he was out. So then now's the time to get over there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't, strictly speaking, have uh, computer hacking, but I can use computers. Yeah, the same. I can talk us out of stuff and drive a ship. That's all I got. (laughs) So is there a ledger domain or like a, not ledger domain, is there a lockpicking skill in GURPS? Let's start looking up stuff in the book. There is. There is. Let me see. There must be a lockpicking stuff. There's also a computer hacking skill. Right. Right, which would be more helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Rico. Which, yeah, which might be more what we're looking for. I mean, and I'm going to run over real quick and just try the knob before we go through all just, this. like, see whether he left it yeah. unlocked. Yeah. Okay. So computer hacking, if you're untrained in it, is IQ, and I think very hard, is minus six. So it would be your IQ minus six. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so you're trying the knob, you said? Just for, just, I mean, yeah. Okay, so Rory is uh, exiting to the hallway. Looking both ways. <laughs> you look around. Nobody, nobody's in the hall. Nobody's, nobody's going to see you. And uh, you do find the door is locked. Okay, so I come back and report. Although it, it would have been funny after all the planning to just say it's open. <laughs> yeah, that's why I checked. Do, do you want me to just force it? No, we we really don't want him to know no. we've been there. So we're going to have to get in there by some level of either subterfuge or hacking. Well, if hacking is a base skill of, of uh, what'd you say, intelligence? Yeah, IQ minus IQ? Uh, six. I mean, I think we're all pretty level in that right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I could give it a try. We could all give it a go. Uh, if we mess it up really badly is it gonna set off some kind of alarm yeah th- there's potential that three f- three failed entries is going to trigger the system so yeah oh wait can we tell what sort of security is in the hallway i step out into the hallway and look to see what sort of camera situation they've got okay make a perception check all right i got a nine and i believe that my perception's 12 i'm pulling my sheet up should have done this first sorry okay uh well if that's a 12 then you made it by three Yes, my perception is 12. Okay, so you made it by three. Okay, so as you uh, examine the hallway and everything, you see one protuberance from the ceiling that at first you think might be a uh, camera, but upon closer inspection, it's just a smoke detector, smoke alarm dealie. So you do not see any cameras in the hallway. Okay, good to know. I pass that on. There's no cameras in the hallway. Okay. I mean, I guess... Maybe one of us should have a go and see how badly it goes. Yeah, I was. What I was kind of wondering is if between our computer programming proficiencies, between me and you, Raven, if we could hook your tablet into my field computer and maybe get a bonus going into this check. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, I I also have some engineering and stuff going on with my uh, with my science. Mm-hmm. We do have our own key card. Ah, uh, we do have a key card. Yes, we do. Hmm. You can figure out how it's programmed and then reprogram it using science and computers. Using science. <laughs> science. I mean, yeah, you guys could uh, you guys could certainly attempt that. Uh, that would be a computer programming skill, I think, because you'd be reprogramming the card. Yeah, that would be more programming than hacking. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got programming at a level eleven. Eleven. Oh my! Better than I am. I put a point into it or something. Is that uh, something you guys are are doing? I think so. Yeah, I think we should try to reprogram our card to open that door. Okay, I'll give it a roll. All right. It'll it'll take about like an hour to uh, jury rig the system that you're trying to put together because you're combining like your tablet with the uh, cat person's computer and then integrating the card into that to try to reprogram it with all the computational power you can muster, right? Yeah, we are MacGyvering the shit out of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh absolutely. <laughs> there is spit, duct tape, and bubble gum involved. Okay, okay. So I'm going to say it's about 10 p.m. when you get this whole thing going and you're ready to start reprogramming your card. So now go ahead and make your roll. Come along, guys. Uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. No! Oh, no. <laughs> no. Now you, you win a tie. What is your skill at? My skill's at 11. Oh, yeah. you, failed. you failed by one. Failed by one. <laughs> well, that's just barely failing. <laughs> so I say after about a half hour of working on it, the whole, uh, your computer just crashes and starts like rebooting. And you realize that any progress you might have made, you'd have to start all over again. Bollocks. <sighs> Sorry, everyone. You did your best. Ka- Kyan and I were just pacing, drinking coffee, being of no help. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I imagine the whole time Kyan's just like, I could just bust it down, guys. This this looks real complicated. <laughs> he's really hesitant to do anything that's going to get him into trouble, because right. even if he doesn't do something, he's going to get in trouble. So That's true, yeah. He kind of feels like it might be the only way in, but he's not going to push the issue. <laughs> What's the layout of this kind of hotel? Are there any like windows outside or any kind of, would there be any other ways into that room? I mean, I think each room has a window, but it's out into, well, no, you're at the center of the station. I was about to say it would be out in outer space, but at the center of the station. So there wouldn't be, you do have a window, but it is just out into the back alleys behind the commercial area of the space station. So yeah. What is the condition of the air ducting in this rooms? The vent is too small for somebody to crawl into, if that's what you're asking. There would be vents in the floor, probably two or three, but they're just, you know, little, like, okay. little ones. I've got an idea. Go for it. If the guy who's downstairs, or whoever is manning the count, if we can wait until we see that there's somebody different manning the front desk, I or Rico can sneak down wearing just a towel as if we've gotten locked out of our room and see if we can get his attention and get him to come let us into the room. It's such an awkward situation that they're not going to ask too many questions and they're going to want to hide away a naked person as right, or so, almost so, naked person. Yeah. I see the relevance in waiting for shift change. Um, yeah. Don't know when they would be changing shifts, though. Hmm. You know what? You could use a similar subterfugal 
tactic and go down there and flirt your way into finding out what time the Matorb gets off work. Hmm. Hmm. Could. Still trying to figure out how, not intimidation. I know how to intimidate. I could intimidate him, but I don't know that that's going to help as much. I'm still trying to figure out how to change people's, like, there's, there's, there's got to be a skill. It can't just be fast talking. Unless maybe it really is just fast talking. Oh, to pers- to actually persuade as opposed to persuade. talk them around it. Yeah. I probably should have taken that instead of social chameleon. Yeah. Because we're, we're not dealing with upper crusts. Right. Well, well not, not right now, but who knows what the future holds. True. It's influence roles. And that is covered in the GM book. Influence is a whole to-do. Yeah, I get a plus one to those because of my charisma. I remember looking at influence last time we played and it was complicated (laughs) (laughs) let's see influence skill a skill used to influence others diplomacy fast talk intimidation savoir faire sex appeal or streetwise range 494 so we could just one at a time go down and try and influence him to get him to let us up. I have a feeling after one fa- one greatly failed attempt, that's going to get his attention. We almost slipped up, and I, I don't remember how the entire conversation went, but he was like, wait, you're going to do what? Uh, nothing. We just want to rent rooms. Yeah. Oh, right. He was friendly towards Kayun, you know, a fellow Matorb. I'm going to try again. Go try okay. again. My my time make a suggestion. Yes. You know, us humans, we enjoy our coffee, especially when we're stuck doing boring things. Is that something you your people partake in? Maybe he would enjoy a nice cup of coffee. Um, maybe. I think I'm just gonna try and let him know that we're gonna be surprising our friend and we wanna we wanna leave mm. something. Do we have something we can leave in there? No, no, if we actually bring it, he'll just say he can put it in there. Right. Yep. We don't want to do that. <gasps> no, 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 no. Oh, my God. I just found something in my backpack. I forgot I bought electronic lock picks. <gasps> Did you really? Yes. Did you really? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't work, I also have a crowbar. Also nice. <laughs> so you guys spent like an an hour and a half building the computer and trying to reprogram the card and everything, and then all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, I've got these electronic lockpicks. With these help, how do I? How, how do you use items in this game? I mean, I think it would be a bonus to a lockpicking skill. Okay. So it, what I like to think happens is we've spent like an hour like MacGyvering this shit together <laughs> and I've given it a go and my computer's just like died. And Hank's like, oh, don't worry, and reaches into his bag to get something. And it's like, what is this? And pulls out the like electronic lockpicks and like we all just stare at him. The little pouch falls on the floor and in large letters <laughs> it says lockpick. Right. <laughs> it gives you a plus two to pick electronic locks and... That's a... Exactly what this would be. Yeah, and lock picking is uh, IQ minus five. IQ minus five. So instead, it would be minus three. Yeah, mm-hmm. with with the tools. I think we can give that a shot real quick. <laughs> Just don't fail. <laughs> All right, and that's a twelve. <laughs> so okay. So first of all, did Hank go out alone? I think we're standing. We would stand in the door, our doorway, and watch him. Yeah. You know? So the suspected room 
is room number 11. So it's right next door to you guys. Mm -hmm. You guys are watching him from your door as he tries and fails to pick the lock. (laughs) And I think, I think when he fails, you can all hear a loud beep emanating from the, uh, the lock on room 11's door. Oh, like an alarm? Just, just a single beep. You know, if you tried scanning your card and it couldn't read it or something. Okay. But it's loud enough that considering you're trying to do a something nefarious, it is probably alarming. But you you could give it another try if you wanted. All right. I'm gonna hold I'm gonna swap hands with the two different parts of the lockpick and try it this way. Okay, make another roll. Eight. Woo! That's better. A success. Yep. All right. A little a little light on the lock goes green, and then you hear click. As the uh, deadbolt um, retracts and the door is now unlocked. I enter cautiously. I follow. As do I. Yeah, we all follow. All right. Everybody's everybody's going in. So as you enter the room, it is pretty much exactly the same as you guys' rooms. It's still meticulously clean. The bed is made. You don't see any, you know, suitcases or personal items, or anything. As, as you look around, the room looks completely spotless, as if it hasn't been used at all. The only thing that is unusual at first glance, and of course you can make perception rolls if you want to investigate more closely, but one thing that pops out right away is that there's a large machine in the corner that goes from floor to ceiling, and it's got a bunch of little plugs in it. It looks like a gigantic wall charger charging station for something as big as a man. Well, this is where it sleeps. <laughs> uh, Rico's gonna like immediately wander over and start like looking at it really closely and don't don't, yeah. don't, don't touch it, Raven. We don't know what it does or if it's got alarms on it. Just kind of do cursory searching to start with, please. I'm gonna do a perception roll to do it to take a deeper look just around the room. All right. I got a five. So with your five perception, which I assume beats your perception by a country mile, right? Yeah. It's like 12 or whatever. Yeah. Perception 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what you do notice is there are little tiny crumbs on one of the uh, counters, you know, like a, you know, like a desk in the room. And there's a little tiny backpack. It's only about four inches big, but it looks like it's a backpack because it's got two straps on it and everything like a backpack would have to go around your, you know, put your arms through to hold it on and everything. And it looks like a tiny little mouse or something has been living on this, uh, on this desktop, just little, little things. Guys, guys, come look at this. I think there's a little, a little person or a little something driving around a big Oscar suit. Oh, it finally clicked. Sorry. <laughs> Do any of us know, recognize a tiny, tiny species? <laughs> Science officer, what say ye? Yeah. Do I? Do I know what? Uh, I mean, I've got some biology, so. Oh well, yeah. Do you want to make a biology roll? I can make a biology roll. Come on, dice. Otherwise, I guess it would be IQ. Uh, nine, and uh, my wild science is thirteen. You've heard about. A, uh, a number of species that are very, very small, you know, that stand only a couple inches high. None of them are member nations of the League of Planets. 
So everything you've heard has been not 100% verified by the scientific community, but you've heard that there are a couple of species like that that live beyond what the League of Planets would consider the frontier of space. What's in the tiny backpack? You very carefully open it and look inside. There's a little tiny book, and there's uh, looks like ration packs, but they don't look like any kind of food that you're at all familiar with. And uh, that's a, that's about it, I'd say. Maybe if little some little tiny shirts and little tiny pants. <laughs> okay, so remember when we broke? Well, when when Slorg broke into the Crooked Comet, and we were having a look around. He had a house. Oh, yeah. That was labeled universe's most tiniest species and its house. Could this creature be upset at Toph for stealing his house? Oh my gosh, you have such a good memory. Oh. Oh. Potentially. Yeah, that is like plus five to your memory roll there. That was amazing. Well, you got to remember, I listened to it right before we play, so Uh, (laughs) it's kind of cheating. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. You are (laughs) Yeah, I think we need a better look at that little house. Well, so before we leave this room, do we maybe want to save? Because I know we have that meeting at midnight, which is we're coming up on. But I feel like, I mean, should we set some sort of trap? Like put a Trisket underneath a box with a stick or something? Like I figure if we type <laughs> the little guy to get out, we can get him. <laughs> like capture him under a, a, a water jug, you know, gently. We don't have to hurt him, but or her or her or them. I'm just saying this, we're, we got an opportunity here to maybe set up a trap. It's true, but, you know, there's also a possibility that they are already back at the restaurant trying to get the house. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because all of this happened, you know, within hours of us in the restaurant. He gives us the call like he knows we're on his tail. Huh, no pun intended. Is there a way we can break the lock to the door? Where it won't actually lock, but it'll say it look like it's locked. That sounds like you'd be reprogramming the lock to display something different than it actually should. Be. Or we could just stuff something inside the bolt hole so the bolt can't re-engage. <laughs> we have both high-tech and low-tech solutions. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a magnet lock and then that won't work, but... I don't even know what kind of roll that would be. I mean, I guess I would roll to see if it was successful. Because if you try to, you know, stick a wad of bubble gum or something in the deadbolt system to stop it, you won't know for sure until you close the door and it would try to lock. Right. Just, a, I mean, just a thought. Um, I've probably got, I've probably got gauze in my medical equipment. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking here. I mean. First aid kit. I've got personal basics. In the room, is there a washcloth? Is there a... Sure. Yeah. You know, the, the bar of soap that they would be get, that you get in a hotel. We could match that up and put it in there. And then that would at least form to the hole if it's that sort of d- deadbolt or that sort of lock. Yeah, no, it, it is that kind of lock. And there's there's certainly, you know, soap and, and toiletries and stuff in there in the room. I feel like we need something more solid than soap, though. Deadbolts. Yeah. These these okay. these electronic deadbolts are typically pretty heavy-handed. What about a tiny backpack? I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I look around and just see if there's anything like that that we could use, and you know, explain to you guys what it is I'm trying to do. So if if we can, great. If not, also great. Can we make the roll and then assign what it is based on a success or failure? 
it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> you kind of have to do the thing, and then we find out if it worked. No, I mean, like, that we can say what it was as far as what we, like, we know what we're trying to do. We just don't know what specifically we want to use for it. Oh. So we could say, you know what I, I mean? mean? We so could, we could. Yeah, we could use lots of paper that's from the, you know, take a tour around the station, try out these restaurants coupon book that's in the night table stand i mean it's a hotel room there's there's junk in there there's sure, stuff yeah. that we could like smoosh into the hole so joe are you kind of saying that you want to make the roll and then if it fails just for the narrative we can say that you guys did something like just toilet paper that must have broke easily or yeah whatever. we tried we tried the soap it didn't work but if if it works we can be like oh yeah it was uh this washcloth and some paper you know it did because we know what yeah, we're trying to yeah. do. We just don't know what we're I mean, And I don't know if you've ever tried to do stuff like that. I know when we're trying to jerry-rig something at home, we just kind of try a whole bunch of shit until it works. Right, <laughs> sure. Until it holds. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could do that. We could do that. Let's see. So you guys are trying to jam the locking mechanism. Yeah. It sounds like an engineering role to me. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, wait, I'm the engineer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I don't remember is how I determine how strong my engineering is. Uh, artificial level four, which means my engineering should be level four. So we'd add, I believe, IQ is the base. So you'd add four to your IQ of 12. Oh, that's how mm -hmm. that works. Uh, well, they're so expensive. I, I really should have went through the programming earlier then. Um, so I got a beta 16. Yeah, which nice, pretty good odds. Oh my god, <laughs> so close! Wow, 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 15. So, this is actually what I was thinking of using to block it out with because we need something strong, right? Okay. I was thinking the you know how doors in hotels and offices all have those auto close things at the top of them. Yeah. Well, they have on their steel rods. Typically, there are nuts that you could, you know, maybe take a piece of the steel rod and the nuts and, you know, jam that in the locking, you know, in the, oh, in, yeah. in the, uh, forget what it's called on the, the catch on the door side, the, uh, frame side. Right. Just to block the hole out. Okay. Well, <clears throat> a success by one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, uh, go ahead and, and jury rig something like that. And as you finish, you are reasonably confident that this is going to work. And the door will not. So the door won't lock. The deadbolt won't actually close. Got it. Right. Good job, team. Success. Yeah. Yeah. Scoffing at the 16 and then rolling a 15 is a sobering moment. <laughs> so are we gonna go back to the restaurant now is that the to the cookie comet yeah i think so have we got time are we gonna miss our midnight what time is it now it's about 11 o'clock at night now and the rendezvous is scheduled for midnight so we've still got time to go and see if the tiny person is at the restaurant right unless there happens to be an altercation in the process which will put us late for that meeting which all we're looking there is to make some lopsies. So, I mean, I, I feel like the murder investigation is a little more important. Same. Yeah. Agreed. Seems fair. All right. To the crooked comet. <laughs> <laughs> Paying close attention to traps and detail. <laughs> <laughs> Our surroundings. It is very late at night for the, you know, station's local time. And you don't come across any, any traps <laughs> as you're walking down the, uh, 
the uh, public area of the station. When you get to the uh, the main area and you can get a good look at the Crooked Comet, you see that the front door is wide open and uh, it it looks like has been physically damaged. You know, like the area where the doorknob is has been shot out. Oh, gosh. Can we look in windows? Sure. As you look in the window of the Crooked Comet, make a perception roll. I perceive nothing. I got a 12. So I'm even with my... Okay. The lights are off inside there and there's no, there's not much lighting outside either because <laughs> um, it's, you know, simulated nighttime. So it's just too dark to see anything. Gosh, darn it. I'm going to try as well. No, no, no. Wait, 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 Joe. Wait. I, I can pull out my night vision goggles out of my backpack. Oh, I'm a cat. I've got night vision. Oh. <laughs> Organic <cat>. night vision. <laughs> Fine. If you want to go with the natural thing, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I've got four levels of night vision. So what am I doing adding that to? Oh. Uh, add that to your, what is perceptions? IQ. Add that IQ. to your IQ. Okay. So my IQ is 12. Another 16. Come on, die. Uh, 11. 11. Okay. So... From what you see, it looks uh, it looks about the same as when you were there. It uh, it looks like it's been like there's some tables and stuff that are overturned, and the artwork, the giant painting on the the back of Oscar Toft looks like it's been vandalized in some way. It's got like horns, devil horns have been drawn on it, and like some of his teeth have been blacked out, and there's all kinds of you know, and like stink lines coming off of them. <laughs> but other other than that type of thing, you don't notice anything. Can I see the tiny house? The tiny house is still there. And as you're as you're looking, you guys hear a shout from behind, a male voice saying, Stop right there! Put your hands up! Cheese, y'all, it's a fuzz. And so, our crew was finally able to beat the door boss. Hi, I'm Joe Hogan, editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Cautious Optimism. Usually, I don't talk about the editing process, but this week, I think it must have taken 15 minutes of page turning out of the episode. We worked hard to open that door. Anyway, when our players aren't searching endlessly through GURPS handbooks to figure out the best way to break into a hotel room, we're doing other podcasty things. Kelly's podcast, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, drops episode 118 this week. It's entitled Deal Breakers, Rejection, and Cancel Culture. Can we still love Lovecraft? And we'd like to formally welcome her to the Geek to Geek Network. She's bringing her show over to the network, and we couldn't be more excited. Ray and I tackled the Snyder Cut of Justice League last week on episode 191, and this week on episode 192, we'll be talking about the first two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And if that's not enough of my voice for the week, I'm going to be guesting on Girls Gone Wow with Raven over on Warcraft Radio. We'll be talking about the Kyrian Covenant, and make sure to check out last week's episode where they talked about starting out in World of Warcraft. Also, check out our Voice of the Cold Open, Rob Sometimes, as he and the wife talk about 21 things to work on in 2021. And as always, please go support Todd on the Nerdberg Review and Bamashox on Twitch, as well as on his YouTube channel, Let's Go Fishing. I am on spring break this week, so not only am I going to be preparing for the launch of our Monster of the Week campaign, What Is Not, but I'm also planning on updating the website a little, and one of the features we're adding is crew logs. 
The first log going up will be from Captain Rory Shand. We're excited to see what you think of this new feature and the updated site. So go check our social media out to know when all of this goes live. I'm all clicker there. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Or better yet, you can leave us a voice message. Just click on the link on our website, asthedicerollcast.com. That's it for me this week. Let's get back to the crazy antics of our intrepid crew right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And as you're you're looking, you guys hear a shout from behind, a male voice saying, Stop right there! Put your hands up! Cheese, y'all, it's a fuzz. <laughs> In, indeed it is. As you turn around and look, uh, you see four of the station security officers wearing the same uniforms that you recognize from when you visited the detention center. Two of them are avians and two of them are humans. And they all have laser pistols drawn and are pointing at you. And one of them in front uh, repeats, hands up. Oh. Wait, 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 uh, wait. Hands up. Wait, are any of them females and attractive? <laughs> the, the humans are both male. The avians are hard for you as a non-avian person. It's hard for you to tell uh, oh. from this range and everything. Mm, I'm a poor lech then if I can't tell the difference. <laughs> I mean, make a perception roll if you really I will. <laughs> I will. want to really scrutinize those, those avians. I broke even. Uh, I believe you went on a tie. So, yeah, one of the avians... uh, In fact, you know what? One of the avians is the same avian lady that you patted on the butt uh, earlier. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Good evening, officer. It's so nice to see you again. We're going to jail. Are your hands up in the air? Mine are. Mine are. Mine are. That depends. Is their bum close enough? No. No. Okay. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> then, then, then I, I will, I will raise my hands into the air. So one of one of the humans uh, approaches you and is looking into the uh, restaurant behind you and says, "What are you doing here? You you broke into the restaurant and then you just loiter around looking in windows. What's going on?" We have the permission of the proprietor to be here. We are trying to gather evidence for his trial. The human officer looks back at the uh, the other human, kind of, you kind of get the idea the other human is maybe in charge of this. And uh, the two avian officers are, are walking over to the restaurant. They're starting to investigate the apparent break-in. While the other human says, what are your names? I, uh, uh, Rory Shand. Kyan Brun. Rico. That depends. Are you buying me dinner? 
the uh, human points his gun directly at Hank and says, what is your name, sir? It's a very pretty gun you have there, sir. Uh, they call me Hank. He says, this is no laughing matter, uh, Citizen Hank. Citizen Hank. <laughs> I like it. And he start. he says, uh, you guys, you guys have permission from the proprietor? You're... You're working for him. Oscar Toft has hired us to to try and clear his name, and we, when we got here, we saw that the door had been smashed in, and so we were taking a look around to see if we could figure out who did it. So he takes the communicator on the lapel of his, you know, shirt or whatever, and he kind of taps it, and he starts talking into it. It seems like he's communicating with headquarters, and as he's doing that, uh, you hear one of the avians who's now entered the premises. Uh, starts laughing, and uh, she says to the other one, "Look at the look at the paintings. Mm, that looks that looks more accurate now." <laughs> and then the human uh, who is radioing headquarters, he stops talking into his lapel, and he says, "Okay, you can put your hands down." They uh, apparently Oscar Toft vouched for you. He's uh, he's saying you're you're uh, investigating for him, so I guess that's fine. But if you need it in. You guys are saying it was already busted open. The door was already busted open when you got here. You just happened, big coincidence, to show up here right after it was broken into? Well, I don't think it was right after it was broken into because someone had time to go in and and vandalize some things. So it seems like it's been broken into for several hours now. Hey, we got here as fast as we could. We have a lot lot to do. You don't know how hard our job is. Not at all questioning that officer. We were just letting you know what we knew was going on so far. Thank you for your fast response, Tom. Thank you. All right. Well, did you see anything? Did you see anybody leaving the area? Anyone inside when you started looking through the windows? I mean, you have any information that could help us? No. One of the uh, avians comes out and says, uh, looks like that uh, seahorse thing of his was stolen. And hmm. he says, oh, why would somebody steal that? disgusting piece of art hey that's a that's not worth breaking into the restaurant for is it jeez and uh he starts walking in to uh look inside and the other human uh the lower lower ranked human says to you well i guess i guess you're free to go sorry about that and he starts walking into the building too No, no problem um i sort of i sort of motion for everybody to get out of your shot of the authorities well let's let them do their job what have we? What did we see when we were in there, other than the vandalism? Was there anything else missing, you guys? Uh, no, I don't. Did anybody else do a perception? So the tiny house was definitely still there. Yeah, the tiny house itself was definitely still there. But we didn't look specifically at anything else. I don't believe so. Remind me, the little tiny house. Did it look like it had been like a terrarium? Where like that would be. I mean, I was imagining it as a dollhouse. But it would be like a terrarium in that it would have like a glass enclosure around it and everything. So, does it still yeah. have the glass enclosure, or did it? Ooh, let's see. I don't think you knew. Well, what did you roll? Um, uh, what did the cat lady roll on her perception check? Eleven, I think. All right, and out of twelve, so you just barely 12. made it. Oh yeah, we just barely made it. So I'm gonna say you you can't be certain. Because if the situation is that this tiny species was being kept, a sentient species being kept as a pet or as on display, that would motivate me to murder or to at least frame someone for murder. Yeah. What's the connection between 
this creature, like we've got a possible connection between the creature and Toph, but we don't have a connection between the creature and Simonson or what, whatever his name is. Yeah, Simonson, the, the victim. Yeah, so what, like, why Simonson? Follow this line of logic. We've got Oscar Toft, who is extremely an extreme egomaniac. Like, he thinks he's better than he is. Like, he thinks he's more important than he is. What if the body double and the little creature running the body double are actually in cahoots with him, and he just didn't know it killed Samson? Mm, that's an interesting angle. Like, that would explain why the house is there. I mean, they they, they could be business partners, you know? Could be, because we do, because we still, where did the, where did the tiny guy get the suit made? Because that's not something you could just order off the internet. So he had to have access to money and to someone who could make such a thing. So that's a lead. And then, yeah, it could have been, what's so, what, yeah, where does, where does Summonson figure in, factor in? Well, and also we've got Feluvia, that's a connection between all of this, and has anybody noticed she's a lot she's a lot larger than than other avians? I mean, I noticed it, but it's rude to talk about such things. <laughs> well, but I mean it's just it's just so different than anything you I mean, well, that's a good point. Rico, in your studies, have you seen somebody the size of Feluvia among the bird people? Oh, that's a good question. Have I? <laughs> Yeah, since uh, Rico was very specifically studying avian <laughs> avians, the bird people, yeah, yeah, the bird people. So you would probably recognize that uh, she is basically pregnant. Uh, She's large because she hasn't laid her eggs yet. Uh, but you would be the only person in the group who would be able to recognize that, probably. Okay. So I would share this knowledge with the rest of the group. So, wait, so, so, you, so there's, there's we, now we think there's multiple eggs inside. Yeah, the uh, the avian people usually lay like, and I'm totally just making this up now. But yeah, they usually lay like, <laughs> like that's how eggs work. Three or four <laughs> eggs at work at once. They're space aliens. You don't know how. They work. I know. As someone who owns chickens, I'm like they lay one egg at a time and they make it in <laughs> during the day. Yeah, so, <laughs> well, can your chickens talk and speak I mean, You've got a point. Own they, restaurants? They can't own a restaurant. They, no, you're right. They're, they're, <laughs> these are space birds. I just want to go on record as saying the only reason why I brought it up is because Don has brought it up multiple times and I didn't want it to go forgotten. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What if Oscar's the dad? Oh. oh, gross. And she's trying to get rid of him. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to be gross about it. What if she's trying to get rid of him? Why would you want to get rid of a dad? Well, think about it this way. These avians seem to like, you know, people of their own species a little more. What if cross species is not accepted in their culture? Do you know that, she Raven? Don't know. I'm just trying to, I'm slightly trying to wonder how that would even work. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Space biology. Uh <laughs> I would say, Rico, you have never seen anything about an avian making a child with a non-avian. So you're not, you, you wouldn't be sure if that would be even biologically possible, much less how their society would react to it. Right. Also, you get rid of the eggs because <laughs> you're still going to have these little, if they're half-breed children, who <laughs> look like Oscar Toft and this restaurant lady. <laughs> 
I mean, you might a human just kill head everybody. and a bird body. Of a <laughs> like, like no one can know my shame. I'm going to murder the entire world <laughs> instead of just maybe not have these eggs. Um, <laughs> uh huh. That doesn't seem like the most likely explanation. Okay. <laughs> but it was a nice idea. I'm now. I'm. I'm thinking about changing the story to make that. <laughs> I really like that idea now. <laughs> Well, how about how about this? Why don't we go see if we can still make our appointment with our friend and see if we can, uh, you know, see if we can come up with any other evidence. Think of anything else that we can, you know, do with this information. Okay, well, before we leave, Captain, do you think it would be a good idea for you to have a private conversation with the guy who seems to be the detective here and see if we could work together on the case? Maybe they, if they find something out while we're in our meeting, we could meet back up with them kind of thing. I mean, I can. It's my, it was my interpretation, correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, that the police are not interested in clearing Toft or anything. Like they're shut and dry on it. Yeah. Your impression when you talk to them down at the detention center was that they feel like they have caught the murderer and they kind of feel like it's case closed. Well, you, we also have some evidence that we can share with them. True. I mean, I'll talk. I'll talk to the to the receptive detective, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, so I go over to talk to him. Okay, he's he's inside the restaurant. They're still looking around, but it looks like they're they're finishing up. And uh, as you walk up to him, he says, "Hello, citizen." Hi. Um. So, as you know, we're working on this case. What What do you What do you think happened here? Do you think it was just regular vandalism? Well, your uh, your your boss, Mr. Toft, was not very well liked by a right. lot of people. So I don't think it's surprising that now that he's in jail, people are, you know, breaking in and vandalizing his store, stealing his collectibles, his museum pieces. I don't know what you'd call that horrible seahorse thing. Yeah, that thing was weird. I don't know why anyone would want that. Um, yeah, right? Yeah, that was, that, was, that was gross. Somebody smashed the glass around that stupid dollhouse thing. Oh, that little that little house. Yeah. What was the glass keeping in? Was there something in it? I think it was just he didn't want kids like playing with the doll in there or something. I don't know. Maybe he just thought it looked classier, like a real museum. The guy's yeah. kind of a, full of himself. Yeah. No, I agree. Was the glass broken in or broken? Out. I didn't pay that close attention. It was it's just broken. It's broken glass. Like whatever. Somebody just came in here and, you know, messed up the place. It's not surprising. So could I ask a huge favor? You know, you called him our boss. It's more like he's our client. Um Okay. If if you all find anything, would you mind if we come by later and sort of compare notes and, and talk about what's going on? Because it seems like everyone on the station had a had a grudge against him. And, uh, and so it's any sort of help you could give us would be great. Yeah. I think since you're investigating the case and everything, we can give you a full copy of the report once we've, uh, you know, typed it up and everything. Thank you. Sure. Sure. Let me ask you, why are you helping that guy? Is it just the money? Uh, So far? Yeah. Yeah. How much is he paying you? Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't disclose that. It's part of our agreement. If I was a private citizen, I can't imagine how much money it would take for me to want to work with that guy. 
Really? He was that hated? Okay, look, between you and I, I've always suspected that he came by these knickknacks that he hangs on the wall and everything illegally. I've never been able to prove it. You know, as an officer of the law, I have to find evidence, and I've never been able to prove that, so... You know, I can't act on it, but he just he just struck me as a shady, shady character. And between you and me, he is way too much money for somebody who just runs this stupid restaurant. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's up to something. It doesn't add up. I know you have the video, and I know the video shows him shooting Mr. Uh, Summonson, but there will be a lot of people who might be out to frame him and who could benefit from him being gone and get this money. Correct? Yeah. So. But are you saying that he was framed? Is that where your your investigation is? Yes, definitely. I mean, we have to disprove this video somehow. Oh, we're not going to get paid. All right. Well, I mean, I guess that's for a judge to decide, but it seems seems like a stretch. How would they frame him? Oh, oh, there's all kinds of things you can do. You can, you can, uh superimpose on the video you can have somebody dressed up as him like a body double you could have all kinds of things there's there's all kinds of ways to do it ah, tampering with a with police evidence and body doubles i don't know lady everything you're saying seems pretty wild to me well i mean this is why if it was easy to prove we wouldn't get paid for it hmm all right well i'll make sure you guys get a copy of the the report and Good luck to you, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> you all seem like nice enough people. I just don't know why you're working for that jerk. Well, because money, money's green, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, I hear that. Do you want to say anything else to him? Or? I don't. I don't. So, so I mean, Hank, you can be there. If, I mean, if you want to, if you want to add anything. I, I think what we probably need to do when we pick up the report is talk to someone a little higher up. Okay, and in the hopes of finding out what? Sharing of information. You know, maybe we need to get a little more info on our neighbor at the hotel before we talk to him. But I think if we can get something conclusive that would get them to maybe look at the case differently. You know, right now we just have the the guy, you know, to this point, everybody who's seen this, uh, our supposed robot has only seen him like in a trench coat and a hat. So... Right. Yeah, so we just got to get something concrete. I mean, even if it's just a picture of the robot, you know, looking like Toft. Right. Okay. Do you want to do anything else? I know you had talked about going to the rendezvous. If mm-hmm. we have time, that'd be great. I think it's going to be about midnight after all of this, and including, you know, walking over to the ship and everything. So. Next time on Cautious Optimism. Would you be interested in doing business with me on another venture? How illegal is it? Very. Don't you guys already know where to get good space parts cheap? You might want to see this. Squaw! Somebody's trying to steal Sam Sillysome's spaceship. Squaw! You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. 
You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek2geekmedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 